For our message, uh, we're actually going to talk about listening. And gosh, we've, we've done some of that together today, haven't we? We've been listening, listening to God, listening to one another. Uh, i got to be honest, when I looked at the sermon material for this week, and I thought, okay, we're going to talk about listening, and it just sounded kind of mundane. You know, we've been talking about these big topics, like your emotional iceberg, and uh, we talked about expectations. We talked about your family of origin, and listening just felt kind of commonplace as we were looking at the topics. But um, then I read this quote, um, and it's from David Augsburger, and it said this. It said, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. And that really put it in perspective. You know, listening is not just another relationship tool that you work on when you have time. It's this critical piece of showing someone that you love them when you listen to them. And you know this is true because think about when you've been on the other side of it. Think about a time when you were talking to someone and maybe you were talking like the kind of talking we're doing in the chapel today. You're talking about something that's really important to you or something that was really hard for you to find the words to say. And uh, you, you shoved it down and you finally were ready to talk. And maybe you were all caught up in what you were saying, but then maybe you looked over and you realized that they seemed distracted or that they were looking at somebody else in the room or pulled out their phone. Maybe you sensed like a subtle shift and how they were, they were getting fidgety or not looking you right in the eye. And you realized maybe they weren't really listening to you, and it hurt, didn't it? It hurts, yeah. But now I want you to think about a time when you were truly heard, a time when you were truly heard. You told someone something, and you were pouring out your heart to them, and their eyes met yours, and you just felt that connection. You knew that they weren't just hearing the words that you were saying. They were hearing you like what your heart was about, and they, they really cared about you and you felt seen. So listening, listening really matters because to be heard is to be loved. To be heard is to be loved. So the way you listen in your life shows how much you love other people. The way that you listen in your life shows how much you love listening is important. But before we talk about how we do that right, we're going to talk about some things that get in our way. Okay, so in our devotional this week, some of you guys are reading it with us. He, he talks about this image of a bird, and you're holding a bird in two hands. I especially like this bird because that bird looks like he has something to say, doesn't he? That bird's got things to tell you. So picture, I want you to picture yourself, and I want you to picture that you're holding, kind of with two hands, holding that little bird in your hands, and that's the person who's talking to you. That's who you need to listen, who needs you to listen. And then some things are going to get in your way of listening. So maybe as you're holding the bird up, maybe your arms start to get tired. So you start lowering the bird down, and they get lower and lower, and you're tempted to set the bird down altogether. They're talking to you, and your mind wanders. You get distracted. You feel rushed or fidgety or impatient or you do that thing where you kind of interrupt somebody to try and get them to the conclusion of the conversation because you're ready to go. You aren't listening well because you're distracted. Or maybe you're holding the bird and you notice you've started moving your hands upward, kind of like this. <laughs> yeah. Somewhat, you're a fixer. If that's you, you are a fixer. Someone's telling you your problems and you jump right in and you offer a solution because you think you're helping. Just fly. <laughs> 
You think you're encouraging them to move through that talking phase and get on with the solution phase. And then you finish and you think you notice they're hurt, but you don't know why. You aren't listening well because you're trying to fix them. Or maybe as you're talking, your hands close in on the birds a little bit. And you start poking it, prodding the bird, pushing around on its little tummy, trying to figure out what makes that bird tick because whatever the bird is saying you're trying to form an argument to argue back. You're trying to figure out the bird so you can win the conversation because what they're saying, you don't agree with it. You're not listening well because you want to be right, because you want to win. Well, it's not hard to see how we become bad listeners, right? All these things get in our way. And we know it's important that the people in our lives feel heard and loved and cared for. But what does this have to do with our faith? Let's take a look at that. We're going to look at Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. We looked at this passage a few months ago, but we came at it from a different perspective. The letter says this, If there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. So all three ways that we fail to listen that we just talk about, just talked about point to one sin, and that's our selfishness. We would rather be entertained than listen without distraction. We would rather be comfortable than let someone find their way as we listen to them. We would rather be right than listen to someone that we disagree with. So to all of our selfishness, Philippians fires back, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. And then it says this, verse 5, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That's our NRSV Bible. That's the translation we use. The NIV actually says it this way, and for our purposes today, it's just really spot on. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind as Christ Jesus. So fight against your selfishness. Fight against all your sin and try to be a little more like Jesus in the way you love other people and maybe a little less like you. <laughs> That's okay. And in case there was any confusion on our part about what Philippians means when it says to have the mind of Jesus, it goes on, verse 6. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All right, we know Jesus is the Son of God, right? Jesus could have done anything he wanted, with that power. Jesus could have been entirely comfortable. He could have named anything in the universe he wanted and had it. 
But instead, he gave that power up. He emptied it out. He became like you and became like me, lived as one of us, became one of us, healed people, fed people, listened to people. And then he died for all of us. When we were selfish and full of sin, Jesus died so that we could be saved and so that our lives could look different, that you would love people like that, that you love people the way Jesus loves you. So Philippians reminds us of all of that right after it said in your relationships with others, have a mind like that. Your natural mindset, when you walk around with all the time, that one wants you to stay comfortable. It wants you to do what you want to do, and listening to someone isn't comfortable. You might feel something they're feeling. I feel like I must feel stuff in my stomach. I always point to my stomach. <laughs> you feel what they're feeling. You might get frustrated with them. You might get bored. But the mindset of Jesus means to empty yourself for someone else. To love like Jesus means having the mindset of Jesus. So when you listen well, it's not about you. It's about them. And there's one kind of specific listening that's critical to get this right. And this is going to be the times when you find yourself listening to someone who's hurting. And you're listening to somebody and you realize they're hurting. They've been th through something difficult and now they're talking to you about it. And keep in mind, we're going to talk about the specifics of this this morning, but before we go any farther, keep in mind what a risk this is for them. It is so hard to say what you're really struggling with if you're hurting. It's really hard to talk about that stuff. And then they're about to talk to you and you've met you. You know that you might not do a great job at listening to them, but they're taking that risk and they're talking to you and talking to you is a risk but let's say you're really trying. You aren't distracted. You're focused. You're biting your tongue every time you want to fix the problem. You're like, oh, I could solve it. And you say, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. But there's one more thing that gets in the way for listening for us, and it's called dumping in, dumping in. And this last one is real sneaky because we think we're just trying to connect with them. We think we're a part of it. So to illustrate dumping in, there's some circles in your bulletin. We'll have them up on the screen too. So I want you to imagine a bunch of circles, one inside the other, these concentric circles. They're not up there. You can picture them in your mind. They're there. <laughs> Circle. It's my fault. I'm totally off my script. Um, imagine these circles like that. And then I want you to imagine the illustration I've written in my script, y'all, is about someone in the hospital. Um, but this is particularly relevant because this is the stuff that we're dealing with every day, right, in your lives. You know someone right now who's sick. We know someone right now is sick. So we're going to picture someone in that very center circle. And that's the person who's in crisis. In this case, let's call her Bridget. Okay, this is going to be Bridget. Bridget's in the center circle. She's in the hospital. Let's say Bridget's spouse is with her at the hospital, and he's worried about her prognosis. Her spouse is that next circle out. That's where her spouse is. Let's say her kids, Bridget's kids, don't live in town, but they're super worried about Bridget, so they're calling to check on her. They're calling to say, how can we help? What's going on? They're in the next biggest circle. All right, and then Bridget's friend, Sue. Sue wakes up one morning, and she decides to go visit Bridget. She wants to love Bridget and listen to her, provide care. Good job, Sue. All right, we're going to put Sue in the next circle out from the middle. That's where Sue is. Sue gets to the hospital. She goes into the room, and she says, Bridget, how are you doing? She's off to a good start. Good job, Sue. 
Bridget shares about her procedure and about the test results that are coming up. And at first, Sue listens, but then Sue becomes overcome about how hard it is for her to see Bridget like this and uh, how shocked she is to hear the diagnosis, how she can't imagine life without her friend, and she gets upset. And then at, at some point, Bridget's spouse comes over and is now hugging Sue. Bridget puts on a brave face at this point, the one who's sick. Yeah, brave face assures her friend that she will be okay. All right, what went wrong? What went wrong is Sue went against the rules of something called ring theory. Ring theory is what this is. And there are two simple rules for ring theory. If someone is hurting, you comfort in and dump out. Comfort in and dump out. With rings theory, the person at the center of our circles is the one going through the crisis. The, per- the next circle out is the one next most closely affected. And then, which would be Bridget's spouse. And then another circle out, one more step removed, in this case, Bridget's kids. Another circle out, there is Bridget's friend Sue. And out from there, maybe her church family. And out there, maybe her neighbors. And the circles get farther and farther away from the center. Sue wasn't trying to hurt Bridget. She was trying to comfort her, to love her like Jesus, to tell her that she understands that she's feeling that pain that her friend is feeling. But to really be a good listener, you comfort in and dump out. You comfort and listen those closer in the situation than you are, and you dump out to the people less impacted than you are. So let's imagine Sue comes in and she learned ring theory in church because she came that Sunday. She goes to visit her friend again. And then she does one thing. She listens. She asks Bridget how she's feeling. And she listens to her, reflects back what she's hearing. She says things like, it sounds like this is a really hard time. Or I hear that you're saying this is, that you're scared or that this is hard. And she listens. Before she leaves, she asks the husband how he's feeling. Maybe she calls the kids and checks on them too. And then when Sue goes home, she calls a friend who's not a friend of Bridget's. And she starts to cry. And she says, it's so hard to see my friends suffer like that. Comfort in, dump out. This morning we comfort in, right? And then you come in the chapel and you dump out. You come tell me all about it. That's what we do together. That's what it means to listen. Listening to someone who is hurting is one of the most important ways that you show love by listening. Most of the time we can't fix the problems of the people in our lives. We can't just fix them. But... You can listen well and show how much you love them when you do that. And this is going to be especially hard when you're really close to somebody. That's the hardest kind. You may not even realize someone in your life is struggling because you're with them day to day and you hear it and you see it. Or if they do start sharing about their hurt, it's really hard not to tell them your own feelings about that. Or parents were the worst at this. You just want to fix it. Your kid is hurting and you're like, "I I just want to fix it. I want them to be better. And so we stop listening. But even if you are only one circle out from the center, the person in the center needs to be able to dump on you, and you need to provide care and compassion and listening to them. So, all right, let's wrap up, and then we're going to spend some time praying again and worship. To be a good listener, we're going to avoid distraction and fixing and arguing with someone to show them you're right. You're going to hold that little bird. Just hold it in your hands. That's your whole job. 
you will remember that it's not about you. It's not about you. And you'll set aside your desire to, to comfort, to make yourself feel comfortable, and you'll listen well even when it's hard. And if someone's talking to you and they're hurting, you are going to comfort in and dump out. Comfort in, dump out. And that's not easy to do, but remember where we started this morning with our quote. It said, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. To listen well is to love well. And you are called to love like Jesus. And that means pouring it all out for the people in your lives. All right, well, we're going to stop there. Next week, Dave's going to talk about integrity. Um, let's pray. And then we also have our offering and communion this morning. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time and your word. We pray that you would help us to listen well, to comfort in and dump out. God, to get out of the way because it's not about us. And God, we continue to lift up our sister Melanie in prayer, God, that you would surround and protect her. And I pray for all those in this room this morning that are affected by this, God, that you would comfort them too. Be with us today that we'd feel your presence. God, there's nothing you can't do. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.